The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. And I believe that, you know, we all have our own 9-11s. I mean, not everybody personally went through 9-11, but we're all going to go through tragedy, devastation in life. And I've been through this, and, you know, and, and our only hope is found in Jesus Christ. This weekend marks the 20th anniversary of the attacks that took place in America by terrorists seeking to destroy us. On this edition of First Person, we'll talk with a woman whose husband perished in the North Tower of the World Trade Center and learn how her faith in Christ has made all the difference as she has survived this tragedy. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we meet our guest, though, thanks for joining us for this week's interview. We're kicking off our new season of interviews this month, and I invite you to visit FirstPersonInterview.com for the schedule of upcoming guests. That's FirstPersonInterview.com. And don't forget about our free smartphone app available in your app store, First Person Interview. Shelley Genovese Calhoun, the author of the new book, Twice Blessed, was a young wife and mother on that fateful day 20 years ago. All Americans grieved, but her grief was personal as her husband, Steve Genovese, the love of her life, died with many others. Now remarried to Heath Calhoun, Shelley joined me from her home in Texas to discuss how God met her in her suffering, and she describes what she has learned about God's love and care. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years when I when I look back, but it, of course, it still feels like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, just remembering some of the vivid memories, you know, they're still so close to my heart. Yeah. Your husband, Steve, perished on that day in the North Tower of the World Trade Center? Yes, the 104th floor of the North Tower. Where were you when that happened? Um, I was at home with um, my daughter. We had a 16-month-old daughter, and um, I'd actually just flown back um, to New Jersey from Texas. We had been in Texas for the weekend for my brother's um, 21st birthday, and so Steve had been with us. He flew back to New Jersey on September 9th to get ready for work, you know, September 10th. And then my mother, my um, mom's best friend, her name is Big Mama, hmm. my daughter and I both, um, we all flew to New Jersey on September 10th, um, which was, which is already God's grace. I mean, I can just, you know, see his hands all over that, just the sheer fact that he, you know, put all those people in my life, um, you know, to be there on that day that was, you know, I needed them so much to just be surrounded by people who loved me and just yeah. uh, knew the Lord and knew that, you know, we needed to depend on Him. Yeah. Um, because the, the flights had been grounded, you know, after September 11th. So had we not flown to New Jersey on September 10th, there was no way that we would have been able to make it, you know, for several, several days. Mm-hmm. And at this time, both you and your husband are believers. You you know Christ, you, you walk with the Lord. So, not that that makes it easy, right. but you had your faith to rely on at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I um, you know, I t- I talk about it a lot in um the book I wrote, but it's just uh, my faith is the only thing that you know could get you through something like that. Just to cling on to that hope, you know, that we have in Christ. Um, it's just something that would I I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. You know, you you talk about your early life in your book, and we won't go into all the details. I want our listeners to read the book, which is called Twice Blessed. But um, when you were in high school, I didn't warn you I was going to tell you about this, but when you were in high school, your mother wrote you a poem when you had a particular season of disappointment in your life. Uh, I don't suppose you have that in front of you, do you? I do. do I you? do. And I actually, I, I feel like I kind of know it by heart. But, do you? Um, 
Yes. Um, she wrote me a poem when I, you know, you're going through, you know, things in high school and I think I didn't make cheerleader or something and, you know, gone through things that you think are going to just run your life for the rest of it. And uh, she wrote me the sweetest poem to me. It said, um, the disappointment may be what you're feeling today, but be strong and thankful for God knows the right way. He'll open a window when he closes the door. He's waiting to give you all you need and more. So be strong in these trials and many more to come for your crowns are in heaven where all victory is won. And that poem, obviously, that she wrote for me in high school, you know, of course, I never knew that it would be something that later sure. in life that I would, you know, cling to, to just know that, you know, um, that, that God was there for me and that he was going to be able to get me through anything that I was about to go through. Sure. I want to point out to our listeners that you closed your eyes as you recited that poem. So <laughs> it does mean a lot to you, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But imagine how the Lord used that written years before 9-11 uh, to comfort your heart during that time. Isn't it amazing just the things that he puts in our lives that he brings back and just um, how everything you know goes full circle and just, you know, obviously all back to him. But it was just something that obviously the Holy Spirit had led, you know, my mother to write years and years before that, but just how she would never know that I would need that on that day. Yeah. Well, tell me about Steve, uh, your your husband who unfortunately died that day. Um, you were young married with a, a young daughter uh, just starting out in life, and it was all pretty exciting for you, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So we lived in New Jersey. Um, he worked in Manhattan. He had worked for um, Cantor Fitzgerald um, on the 104th floor of the World Trade Center, North Tower, um, for his whole career. Um, he started working for him when he was like 18 years old and uh, loved his job, had a great zeal for life. He loved the trading floor. Um, he was a um, motocross uh, rider. He loved to ski and to um, skydive, and he was just very adventurous. Um, he was also just such a gentleman and just um, really took care of me and just uh, loved me and um yeah. He was just a great guy. Yeah. Well, that day and the days that followed, the weeks, months, years that have followed, um, there's lots of pain, of course. Um, how did the Lord meet you uh, during this time? And what part did other believers play in that? Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Lord just showed up so big in my life um, during that time. I mean, I think that, of course, when those towers fell to the ground, my whole world collapsed. Um, you know, I, I collapsed to the ground with those towers. And um, of course, I felt hopeless. I felt devastated. Um, I didn't know how life was going on, going to go on. I didn't know how I was going to go on. But um, the Lord just showed up so big. I mean, He was just my peace. He was a peace that just came over me that I had just never ever felt. He just comforted me. Um, he just um, clung to me, and He just never left me or you know forsakes mm -hmm. me. Like He said, you know, in His Word. Um, I just felt like I just had a closeness to Him and just grew closer to Him. You know, through my faith, um, yeah. through everything. Were there any particular verses that really, even still today, resonate with you when you think back on that day? Um, I mean, definitely that he is nearer to the brokenhearted and, you know, binds up their wounds, um, you know, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, and that, you know, what Satan meant for evil, that he meant for good. Um, you know, another thing, even after the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I love it afterwards when it says, you know, in those days when you will call to me, you know, I will hear you and I will listen, you know, and when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. And I think that, you know, through my personal, um, you know, tragedy and heartbreak, I think that that's what I did. I think I did. I just tried to hide myself in the Lord and, um, and he did, he mm -hmm. just clung to me, um, so tightly and just held me and just, um, mm. um, was just always there with me. Did you suffer any bitterness, you know, want reprisals, um, revenge, any of that come up in your life? 
No, I, I mean, I don't think that's really a, a part of who I am. Um, you know, of course, that I was angry of, you know, my family had just been ripped apart. I was, you know, um, I felt defeated. I felt hopeless. I felt, you know, everything that any normal person would feel when they go through something, such a horrific tragedy. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that I had hope. You know, I knew that, you know, my hope was found in Christ. And I knew that, you know, um, if I did not cling to that, <laughs> that I had nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, know how to get out of bed in the morning. You know, I would hear, you know, my sweet um, daughter's, you know, voice, of course, you know, calling out for me. And mm. of course, I knew that I had to, you know, get out of bed to, you know, be with her. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know how anybody can go through anything, um, tragedy in life without knowing Christ and without knowing that their loved one is spending eternity in yeah. heaven. You know, I just... Um, I can't imagine that. How do you even, what do you even pray at a time like that when there's just such a sudden loss and such a tragic loss and the whole nation is is mourning what happened and yet for you it's very personal. How do you pray in that situation? You know, you don't pray. You just call out to God. I mean, for me personally, I didn't have the right words to say. I didn't, you don't even know what to pray. Um, I mean, I would sit in my closet on days and I would just cry and I would just say God's name over and over and just beg him to help me. And, um, you know, I, I know that he, you know, hears the cries of our heart. I know that the other people that were praying for me, um, you know, are the, are the only way that I got through everything that I got through, just mm-hmm. the prayers of others. And, of course, the Holy Spirit who intercedes, you know, for us, um, you know, that's yeah. also what got me through. Yeah. What happened on 9-11 was an act of evil done by men. Um, but at the same time, you've seen God's goodness in many ways. And we'll talk about the second half of your story in just a moment. But I'm thinking about those immediate days and maybe first couple of years after it happened. Do you see right. where were there glimpses of how God might use this story? Right. Over and over, you know, I could just see God's, um, you know, fingerprints written all over my life. Um, you know, especially as I recalled it later, even just to remember all those things. I was a big journaler, so I would write down things that, you know, God was doing in my life. But just over and over, um, you know, he showed up, um, especially the people that were there for me, the people that just loved us and who took care of us, who prayed for us, who brought us meals. Um, you know, our church family was just incredible to us during those times. And, you know, you just see God all over that. You just see the fingerprints of the Lord just, you know, using people um, for his kingdom and for his glory. Um, I also believe that, um, you know, there was things that he did in my life, just like moving me back to Texas, especially, was a, yeah. a big thing. Yeah, I wanted to talk um, about that because I was moved in your book. Now, it's different for different people. We all react differently to these situations. But for you to mm-hmm. go back to that home that you and Steve shared with your new baby daughter, I, mm-hmm. suddenly it, it wasn't the same for you, and you knew you had to leave, didn't you? I was brought up in Texas. My family was there. My church family was there. And even though I loved New Jersey and I loved, you know, my life there, um, I'd been there for almost six years. Um, you know, it, it was when Steve was not there, it was not home anymore. And to walk into an empty home and to see a chair where he normally sits or see the door that he walks through every day or just the constant reminders, um, it was very, very difficult for me. And just being in that part of the world, being in New York, New Jersey, um, Connecticut, and I'm sure that all those surrounding areas where people had just lost so many. I mean, it wasn't like that just someone knew one person, you know, that perished that day. It was that people knew, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 people that they lost acquaintances and friends and families and mothers and fathers. And um, it was devastating. It was just absolutely devastating. Um, my mother had, you know, basically moved up to New Jersey with us and was had given up her life in Texas. 
And um, I just knew that um, God was opening the doors for us to be back in, in Texas. In a moment, we'll continue the testimony of Shelley Genovese Calhoun on this edition of First Person. Stay with us. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. We're talking with Shelley Genovese Calhoun on First Person. Shelley is the author of Twice Blessed, A Journey of Hope Through 9-11. And since I gave all three of your names, Shelley Genovese Calhoun indicates that you did remarry. We'll, we'll talk about that part of your love story here in just a few moments on the program, Shelley. But um, you had been a fashion model. Did you return to work then after Steve's death and, and moving back to Texas? So when I returned back to Texas, you know, I wasn't really ready to um, start working right away. And I actually, when I first moved back to Texas, um, I started doing public speaking. So God had just, um, there was a church that had asked me, it was actually my home church, and they had asked me to um, do a Christmas program called The Gift of Hope. And so on, and it was funny because, I mean, it had only been, you know, a couple months since um, Steve Steve was gone, and I just... I, I, I couldn't, I can't imagine how I did this, but I was just like, yes, of course. I, I want to tell about, you know, all of God's goodness. I want to tell about all the awesome things that he's done in my life. And I do not know how in the world that I got up there, but I, I got up there on that night and I just spoke about, you know, all the ways that God had been faithful to us and just carried us through, you know, this most unbelievable tragedy and just, you know, brought us to the place where we were. And I felt like on that day, I felt like that God just had given me a purpose and Mm -hmm. that there was purpose in this pain and that he was going to use it for his glory. I just saw a clear, clear crystal call calling for my life at that point. And as as these 20 years have gone by and as you've been sharing this story, you've seen people come to Christ, have you not? Yes. Yes. It's it's been incredible. I mean, and I believe that, you know, we all have our own 9-11s. I mean, not everybody personally went through 9-11, but we're all going to go through tragedy, devastation in life. And, you know, if we haven't been through it, you know, and we're probably going to go through it at some point. And, you know, and I I just, it was like, I was the person in the back of the classroom, just raising my hand saying, I know the answer. I know the answer. You know, I've been through this and, you know, and, and our only hope is found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved back to Texas um, a few years go by, you were uncomfortable in thinking about remarrying and dating dating and remarrying, but eventually things began to happen. Uh, tell me that part of your love story, really, Shelley. I think if you've ever really loved again, you you know, you, you desperately w- want that love back in your life. Um, you know, I was truly, truly thought that Steve was the love of my life and I never, um, you know, I never, ever thought that I could love again. Um, so I... I started modeling again, and I ran into someone that I had known from my past, um, who was a friend. And um, you know, something very innocent happened. You know, over coffee. Um, you know, he told me he was praying for me, and he had been praying for my daughter and I. And we went and had coffee. And um, you know, I had um, you know I had those butterflies in my stomach, which was very very scary. Um, which 
you know, I definitely tried to deny and definitely tried to, um, you know, hold back my feelings, mostly for fear of, you know, this was, you know, a year after 9-11, but mostly for fear of what everybody would think. Yeah. And for fear that someone would think, oh, you know, she never loved Steve if she could, you know, be dating again or did you feel guilty in any way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You feel like, you know, you're I felt like I was betraying Steven somehow by, you know, actually having dinner with another man or talking to someone. Um, but um, Heath, um, who I'm talking about, actually was just so good at just listening to me and opening it up. I, I mean, I think I probably shed more tears, you know, just just crying to him and, and telling him, you know, a, about Steve. And he was just um he understood and he was just a big enough and a strong enough man to be able to handle me talking about someone else. But, you know, um, over years we dated and I continued to just break up with him and push him away because I was just so, so fearful that, um, you know, I guess of the unknown, I was just fearful just to not know, you know, what I was supposed, supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, he was persistent in listening, and uh, you were uh, persistent in seeking the Lord at this time. And eventually, was it after the third or fourth breakup that you finally decided, <laughs> this this is the guy for me? <laughs> yes. You know, honestly, I mean, I think it was just finally, I just fought back all the lies that Satan had been putting in my head for years. I mean, he just said, you know, it was just internal torture that I had gone through of just the lies that he had fed me about, you know, um, not deserving to be happy again and um just so many things that he tried to tell me and just that were just lies and i i didn't believe my fought back and i finally just decided to allow myself to be happy again um and i'm just so thankful you know because i feel like i could have almost lost the chance you know finding love again had i not um you know listened to what god was telling me yeah and and not what satan yeah i know your mom and your daughter were also cheering you on at the same time weren't they Yes. Well, my daughter loved um, Heath. She just adored him. Um, you know, he was he was like a big kid. He just you know would get down on her level and play with her, and just um, he was just um, he was just a perfect fit for our lives. Um, he was adopted, and I think that just knowing that unconditional love of loving somebody that's you know not your blood, but mm-hmm. he um, he loved her unconditionally, like his parents loved him unconditionally. Wonderful. And I think that that was just even an extra blessing. Yeah. Tell the story of him proposing. Once you settled in your heart that you were ready to to move in this direction, he had the freedom to propose. Tell tell the story of how he did that. Well, he had planned something really big. He had gone to New York film school. He was going to make this big movie. And I think he just honestly just got too anxious and too excited. And we were having dinner one night um, at a restaurant outside. And I don't even know what we were talking about, but he said, I've, I've got the ring in my car. And he was such a jokester that I was like, you do not have an engagement ring sitting in your car. Like, no way. And so anyway, after dinner, we walked over to his car and um, he kind of played this little trick on me, like, look under, you know, look under the steering wheel. And so I looked at one place for the ring and it wasn't there. And it was very, very typical Heath. And then I looked a second place and it wasn't there. Empty box. And, um, but the third time he had it in his pocket, you know, and asked me to marry him. And, and I talk about, you know, at that point, you know, it was, um, it wasn't a sorrow about everything that I had lost and everything that I'd gone through, but it was just only joy and happiness just to know that, um, God had placed this unbelievable man in my life and um, I was going to be happy again and I was going to be whole again and that um, my life was going to be everything that God had planned it to be. Yeah. 
And you talk about the fact that uh, Steve and Heath are two different people. Um, you know, they, they were opposites in many ways, and that you had to come to grips with that, didn't you? Yes. Well, it scared me to death. <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine being with someone that was so different than Steve. I mean, Steve did everything for me. I mean, he, you know, paid the bills and balanced the checkbooks and ordered, you know, um, you know, made dinner reservations and just really, really took, you know, care of me, filled up my car with gas. And Heath was more of a guy who was more like my best friend. He was just, you know, um, and it was time for me to learn. It was time for me to grow into a person. And of course I had learned because being a single mother for so many years, I had, of course, had to learn how to do some things on my own, but, um, you know, meeting Heath and being with Heath just pushed me over that edge to just yeah. honestly become, you know, who I am today, just definitely stronger and more independent woman. Yeah. Hey, I want to take you back to that ring for a moment because it didn't end mm-hmm. with him putting the ring on your finger, did it? No, of course not. No, no, no. Of course. He asked me to marry him um, that night. And of course it was unbelievable, but he also wanted something very special for Jacqueline. Jacqueline was um, in kindergarten at this point and she was, you know, very, very involved with everything. And um, so he wanted to ask her with her own special little ring, if he could, you know, marry her mom and be her dad. And of course, she was overjoyed yeah. as she searched for her ring also in a car and <laughs> she found it and she, it was a very, very special moment. So he got two yeses to his proposal. So we got two yeses. <laughs> <laughs> and as your book says, you were twice blessed. Well, uh, I know that God has blessed your marriage to Heath with uh, yet another child. Tell me about your family today. Now they're, you know, this is the story of your life from over 20 years. So I imagine those kids are pretty grown, huh? Right. Well, um, my daughter that I talk about, Jacqueline, she's 21. She's um, a senior in college, which is hard to believe. Um, And then I have a 14-year-old who's going to be a freshman in high school this year. So um, it's pretty pretty spectacular. They're just unbelievable kids. And I do feel like God's really, really blessed our family. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, Shelley, I just want to say thank you for telling us your story. Uh, it is remarkable. Americans all share in the story of 9-11, but you have a personal stake in what happened then. But it's remarkable that the Lord has met you every step of the way through your life, isn't it? I mean, you have to look back on that and be very, very grateful. I mean, I'm I'm really just in awe of the Lord. I just, I, I think about his goodness. I think about his faithfulness. And I just think about all the places that he's always, you know, met me exactly where I needed to be in my complete, complete brokenness, um, you know, just putting me back together and making me whole again. I can't emphasize enough just, you know, placing that hope in Christ and just, you know, knowing that he's there for us, just knowing that he's Emmanuel, that we're never, ever alone. Um, And, you know, another thing that I just think is just so, so important is, of course, just knowing Christ is your savior. I mean, I think that I would not know how to go on living in life had, um, you know, Steve not been saved. And he was saved as an adult. Um, And so I think that that's very, very important to my story is that, you know, I feel like, you know, God really put me in Steve's life, you know, for a plan and a purpose. Our guest has been Shelley Genovese Calhoun, who is the author of Twice Blessed, A Journey of Hope Through 9-11. We'll have additional links to information about Shelley's book at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. If you have benefited from this interview and would like to listen to other programs, we have an online archive of all past interviews you can listen to anytime. Just go to firstpersoninterview.com and click on the red listen button for a long list of past interviews. The Far East Broadcasting Company makes bringing these interviews to you possible. 
please take time to visit febc.org and learn more about this incredible ministry. One idea is to listen to our podcast until all have heard at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.